Today, Jonathan, I wanted to take you on a really weird journey because it was a really weird journey for me. I want to talk about how I wound up going to Guatemala for about seven or eight days. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, and it wasn't a vacation per se. I was going to the work, which I will discuss. But the reason I wanted to share this story today is to tell everybody out there to keep their options open in life, because this is the last thing I ever thought I would have done. And it turned out to be just a magical journey that, that I really, truly loved. Okay, that sounds awesome. So my buddy Frank calls me and says, my friend Nancy, who runs Airline Ambassadors, wants a film crew to go film this young American boy who lost a family member in 9-11. Hmm. So what I did is I said, well, I'd love to do it, but I can't run camera. I can direct, I can produce, I can write, but I can't run camera, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because I I don't have use of both hands. So they said, great, can you find a cinematographer? I called my good friend Steve Nelson. So Steve was my former student, great friend of mine, and was also one of my groomsmen. And you know, it's funny, for those people who listen to this podcast, every now and then I mention a story and I say, oh, yeah, he was a groomsman. And they're like, how many groomsmen does this guy have, <laughs> right? So, so let me just tell you, I had 14 groomsmen. Oh, man, you, I, I was going to say, you know what? You probably aren't going to compete with my wife because I, I want to say we had like eight. But, man, yeah, you, you, uh, you definitely beat us. <laughs> yeah. Literally, I looked at the 14 guys that I love the most and who I wanted to stand up with me. And, yeah, there's 14 of them. So That's anyway, awesome. <laughs> so I wanted to share a couple of moments on the trip that really changed my life because it really grounded me in reminding myself how lucky I do have it and how lucky all of us have it in the United States. Totally. Right? The first thing we did is supply over 1,000 school packets for children. In Guatemala, if you don't have pencils and paper, you can't go to school. Oh, wow. Right? So a lot of the kids in the villages want to be taught, but they can't go to school because they don't have pencils and papers. Now, granted, this story is from 2002, so things may have progressed since then. Yeah. But I'm I'm telling you what happened at the time I was there. Yeah. So 30 or 40 volunteers that came over with airline ambassadors are putting these kits together. And then we go to the school, and I'm telling you, Jonathan, it was a tin shack. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like 9,000 degrees. It was really, really hot. And I love warm weather. Like to me, 100 degrees is comfortable. I love warm weather, but God, it was hot. And there was this enormous barrel of water. And every couple of minutes, the kids would go and scoop out some water and drink it and go back to their desk. Mm. Right. And I'm just sitting here thinking, man, we've got air conditioning and heating and desks and and books, right? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. These poor kids are trying to be educated, and they have nothing, you know? Yeah. And it really brought it home. So to see those kids just really embrace books, it really slapped me across the face because I never embraced that stuff, right? Oh, yeah, we take it for granted. We'll, you know, we'll throw away perfectly fine pieces of paper or like pens and pencils we'll just throw them away because they're in the way but these kids would be hanging on to them with dear life so jonathan visiting that school up in the hills in guatemala was really amazing but it doesn't compare to what we did the following day the uh the next day steve and i went to a village and we helped the airline ambassadors give 
one to two hundred pairs of shoes mm. to young children, many of which did not know what shoes were. Wow. I started to tear, right? Because it was amazing watching these kids not know what shoes are and be hesitant to let us put shoes on their feet. Mm, mm. So after about 10 minutes of filming, I looked at Steve and I said, hey, man, put the camera down, right? And we put the camera down and we jumped in and we joined. Oh, wow, wow. Because I'm like, I'm not going to be an observer today. Yeah, yeah. And, And it was incredible. It was amazing convincing a little boy and, and little girls to allow us to put these things on their feet that they didn't have before. Mm, yeah, they must right? have been like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> Jonathan, it was so deeply moving to watch these young kids get shoes on their feet for the first time and just run and realize that they could run faster, do more, and play easier with these things on their Yeah, feet. not worry about, like, stubbing your toe on rocks or, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so that was really magical. But, you know, one thing that I can never forget, you know, every trip has a moment mm. where you just think, that's the reason I was here. Mm. And that moment was neither of the previous two. That moment happened a few days later. Mm. We met this young boy who was probably 8 to 10 years old, both of his arms, not just one, but both, were ripped off in a corn-shucking accident. Oh, man. So both of his arms were just hooks, hooks from his shoulder blade all the way down. Yeah, yeah. And the crazy thing is, Jonathan, that young boy was the happiest kid I've ever seen in my life. He was just smiles and was just so damn happy. Yeah. And what he wanted to do is we were on a playground and there's a basketball there. And I looked at him and I'm like, you know, he didn't speak English. So yeah. I was just showing him the basketball. I looked at him and I'm like, hey, do you want to play basketball? And we taught this kid to shoot baskets. And in, in case people are wondering, he did score a couple buckets and he did beat me. <laughs> <laughs> And then after the basketball game, he looks at Steve and Steve looks at me and he goes, Hamad, I think he wants to shoot our camera. And he goes, what do you think? And I said, I don't know, man. We do have insurance on it. Let the kid try. And it was so cool, Jonathan. It was so cool. Steve taught this kid how to run a digital camera. No kidding. And, and, And he taught this kid how to shoot. Right. And. It was just really magical being on that trip, especially those moments, because I met kids who cherish going to school. Mm. I met other kids who were so blessed to have their first pair of shoes. And the whole trip wraps up with me meeting a young boy who had hooks for hands and was one of the happiest people I've ever met in my entire life. Mm. Mm. That whole experience in Guatemala led me to one of the largest projects I've ever done, which I will, I'll share at a future date. And none of that would have happened if I hadn't gone to Guatemala. <laughs> Man, that's interesting. Which makes me think the whole point of me sharing this story today is, you know, keep your options open, people. You never know where life is going to lead you. I bet my wife looks at me every morning and says, I never thought I'd wind up with that guy. (laughs) (laughs) But 
strange things happen in life, right? Absolutely. Okay, everybody, that's what I have to share today. I just wanted to wrap up and say, remember, keep your options open. Life happens if you allow it to happen. And um, everything can be rosy if you just allow it to be, right? Absolutely, yeah. You just got to roll with the punches.